There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hello, and welcome to Made by Mamas, the podcast. I'm Zoe. And I'm Georgia. And we're here talking all things parenthood, tips and tricks, products we love, and brands that we can't live without. Let's get into it. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. How are you? I'm all right. I'm all right. Um, I'm good. I think I'm good. I just... <laughs> How are you? You answer that question first. I'm, I'm okay, but I do think this week has felt really heavy. Yeah. Like, it, it has, hasn't it? And mm. I know, like, you know... Ugh, not like I shouldn't be feeling heavy because, you know, I'm not personally involved with anything. But I think everything that's been, you know, on our screens, in the news, happening in the world this week has been a lot. Cannot get, a I lot. cannot stop thinking about Sarah. I cannot no, stop thinking about her. And, you know, my heart, like we've discussed this, like our hearts go out to her family and friends and her partner. I just, uh, but it could have been anyone. Like she is all of us. I, I used know. to live in Clapham and I've walked mm. from Clapham to Brixton a million times. Like that could have been any one of us. And we're supposed to feel safe on the streets. We're supposed to be protected and it's not okay. None of it is okay. It's made me feel really, really uneasy. I'm very sad this week, actually. It's really affected yeah. me. Yeah, no, it mm. is. And I think when something is so close to home and you know mm. you've you've done that walk and you've been in in, in her shoes, you know, like yeah. you, you've done that. You you've thought, oh, you know what, it's fine. I you know, there's loads of people, there's loads of people around in London, there's loads of cars around. I always I mean, I think that. Like mm. I think that when I'm in London and it's just it's just unimaginable. Like how how do you become that person that does that to someone else? Mm. I just, it, it, it blows my mind. Mm, like sickening, how, isn't it? Oh God, it's just, it's awful. And it's so scary. And you know what as well? Like there's obviously been lots of stuff going around on Instagram, you know, how, you know, how many times have you messaged to check your friends got home? Okay. Mm. How many times have you crossed the road? How many times have you pretended to be on the phone or said to someone, say on the phone, stay, stay on the phone? I mean, mm. I, I mean, that I've every, pr- pretty much every time I go out at night, I do one of those things. Like yeah. I, I remember, you know, walking back from the station, I'd always phone somebody, yeah. even at like six, seven o'clock at night, if it's dark. You, you do don't you mm. and it's just I think all of those things really like hit home mm. that that's been so installed into us to, to feel that way mm. and it's so wrong that we feel like that um oh, uh, and there was yeah. a thing I saw on socials as well my friend SJ posted it um she said um you might have seen it that's going around it's protect your girls and then that's cross and it said educate your boys and now yeah. for me look there are there are you know abuse situations between you know men and men doing it to women women doing it to men so this is more of a uh you know we need to educate ourselves full stop you know boys Mm. girls you know sons daughters because nobody has the right like you said to do anything like that to another human to another person what is going wrong in our society that's you know that's that's making that's making people do it you know and that and that side of it is just frightening so I think you know yeah protecting I'm we're we're mums like that I can't bet I don't want to let them out of the house like I don't I want to keep them wrapped up in cotton wool for the rest of your lives you hear these horror stories and it just makes you feel sick but listen we just want to send uh, lots of love out to Sarah's family and uh, we're, we're, we're just we're thinking of them aren't we 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, But today we are actually talking about feeding our little ones and how, you know, and how we try and get the most nutrients and goodness that we can possibly get into their bodies. Yes. Um, Which sounds easy, but in reality it's really hard. How many conversations have you and me had about um, food? Like food oh, with the kids. What are your, what's Axel had for dinner? Oh, is Gigi really eating that, you know, amazing spaghetti with actual tomatoes in, you know, yeah. and prawns? And I'm fascinated by the, by the food that your kids eat. I think they do really, really well. And you are such a fantastic chef. And I feel like having known you, I am now a lot better so thank you good I'm so glad yes but you know what though though like I saw mackerel in Kit's lunchbox yes and you know what you say like oh Kit's really fussy but actually I don't know many children who would eat mackerel it's a really strong flavor so he's not fussy he's maybe he's not fussy he just knows what he likes yeah I mean and you know we're getting him to lick stuff now so that's I really (laughs) start filming this I go do you want to lick a cucumber and he gets his tongue out and he's like (laughs) and and then sometimes I like uh, tonight I was like do you want to lick that carrot and he was like no mummy no no mummy I was like no fair enough it's a strange request so uh, we are getting there and as I said Kit did eat some broccoli this week and last week and they told me at his preschool that he actually ate apple as well so she said look I know you spent nearly three years putting stuff in his lunch boxes or trying to feed him stuff wherever and he said no but start putting fruit and veg back into it again so I've started doing it yeah, again yeah I was gonna say actually at school and like nursery they eat so well when all the you know mm. all the other kids are eating the same thing and that's although I say that Axel went to school having never eaten a sandwich and now all he wants to do is eat ham sandwiches oh yeah they are so like, good though <laughs> And I think actually all this work that I've put in trying to get him to eat everything, if I gave him a hand sandwich for breakfast, lunch and dinner, he would he would be very happy. He would go to bed a happy child. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, ham sandwiches. I do those for Kit and he goes, I go, did you eat your sandwich? He goes, yes. And I go, do you eat all of it? He goes, no, I took the ham out. <laughs> like, so basically you just eat bread. You just ate bread. Okay. Bread. Uh, anyway, today... We are speaking to, um, I called her the Ween of Queen, but she's the Queen of Ween. She is an absolute weaning goddess. I think you've probably, if you look in your kitchen, I think you've probably got a book by this wonderful lady. Who are we chatting to today? Today, we are chatting to Annabelle Carmel. So joining us on the podcast today is the very wonderful, I'm so excited about this chat, is Annabelle Carmel. Hello, how are you? Hi. <laughs> Super good, thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. How exciting. Thank you. Well, thank you for having me. It's so lovely to actually came to my house. Do you remember? Quite some time ago. Oh, God. Your house is literally on my dream house list. I mean, <laughs> I, I want to live in your kitchen forever. It's and, and you've just said to me that you think about food. You've just said to me and G that you think about food basically all day. All every day. I feel like your kitchen reflects that, actually. There's so many amazing Absolutely. goodies in there. I've actually got my son living with me at the moment and he is the biggest eater and it's like feeding three people in one person. Uh, so I make an entire meal for four people and it's gone, gone completely. <laughs> just uh, between the two of you. Uh, yeah, so, well, actually just him. I have just to make else myself usually. <laughs> yes. Oh, Annabelle, for those of, well, I can't imagine that many of our listeners won't know who you are, but just for those who who might not know your story and how you got to where you are, can you just give us like a brief explanation of what, you know, what you're doing today and how, and how you got there? Well, it was actually a tragedy in my life that got me to what I'm doing now. I, I didn't start out thinking I was going to ever do anything with food, but I always loved cooking. It was my hobby. I actually trained as a musician. So I played the harp and I sang and I had a career making like recordings and doing concerts all around the world. But then I got married and it took me two years to get pregnant. Unfortunately, um, it was a long time. But then I was so happy because I got pregnant and I gave birth to a little girl. But unfortunately, and I wrote about this on my Instagram recently, and I think it touched a chord with a lot of people. Um, she contracted encephalitis. And I didn't know at the time that someone kissing a baby with a cold sore on their lip could cause encephalitis, which causes the brain to swell. And I took her to my doctor. He kind of misdiagnosed her, unfortunately, and said she was fine. And first time mothers worry unnecessarily about their children. 
And then I took her to another doctor the next day because I was still worried. And then she was five days in Great Ormond Street Hospital and she died in my arms on the fifth day. And my whole world fell apart. Oh and God, I just didn't know how to pick myself up. It was just beyond terrible. And I took oh Clomid because I... I just couldn't go through like another two years trying to get pregnant. So I took this fertility drug and he said, like, you do realize you might have like multiple children. And I said, like, I don't mind. And I got pregnant within four months of losing her, which is the only thing that kept my sanity going, to be honest. And that was not the end of my problems, though, because I ended up giving birth on the staircase. And my second child was delivered by my husband. Because my doctor said that I was in the very early stages of labor and I should stay at home. But he was so wrong. I put the phone down, my water's broke. I went upstairs and a baby's head came out. So that was the birth of my second child. And all these thoughts going through my head, like what will happen if something happened to him? Because I couldn't bear losing two children. But luckily it was fine. Eventually I went to hospital. My mom comes. She's told like no one's given birth in the hospital. Just one lady who gave birth at home. She said, no, that's not my daughter. And then she comes in and she sees me. I'm covered in blood, literally wearing my dress. But luckily Nicholas was fine. And Nicholas was the world's worst eater. And this is how I started my career. It was a combination of feeling vulnerable losing a child and having this child who wouldn't eat. So I started to make up recipes for him to get him to eat because I felt so like if something happened to Nicholas here I'd have to fight with whatever you know he had and I needed to build up his immunity especially because of what happened to me and so I was also running a big playgroup with about 100 mums and their children uh, in the area where I live and I was giving all my recipes out to them and every week they would say to me well, what else have you got they were so good my children love that and there was fussy before but you know with your recipes I can get them to eat and eventually it wasn't my idea it was their idea and they said you know what you should write a book about feeding children and I'm thinking well I can't even type I mean how am I going to write this book so I learned to type and I went to a all over the country, like interviewing all the experts on child nutrition. It was so hard to write the book because so many people contradicted each other who were so-called experts. And I ended up eventually writing the book with the Institute of Child Health, which is the nutritional arm of Great Ormond Street Hospital. I'm working with the head of nutrition there. And I wrote my book, The Complete Beer and Toddler Meal Planner. I put my life and soul into it and spent two and a half years writing that book. And for me, it was it was my legacy to Natasha. It was my therapy to help me come to terms with her death. But then I couldn't get the book published. Every single publisher I sent it to turned it down. So I felt so dispirited. And eventually I spoke to somebody who was a book packager. And the book got published in 1991. It's the 30th anniversary this year. No so way. It's really exciting. Gosh, I didn't know that. 30 years ago, I wrote that first book, and I haven't stopped writing books since then. I think I've written one or at least two books a year since then. I've never stopped writing. It's it's created this whole food range in the supermarkets, and I've got the most incredible like career. I mean, I love food. I love creating recipes. I'm doing what I love, but it's still it's my work, and I love children, so... I'm in a space where I get up in the morning and I'm so excited by what I do. And I'm, I'm just as excited now as I was at the very beginning. And I'm so lucky to have so many people that use my recipes. And every day on my Instagram, people are posting my recipes and showing me what they've made and showing their child enjoying it. And it's just so worthwhile because I really set out to make some good come from Natasha's death. Like, why did it happen? And I think that helping other people being able to give their children healthy meals, for me, kind of gave her some reason to to live even if it was a short life so that was that was the reason I did it it's it's a bit mm. of a long story but wow. it, I think yeah. the why you do something is so important mm. that was I mean that's incredible I I I had well we had we had no idea and we just want to thank you for being so open about that because it's obviously talking about child losses we have no idea how painful that is I think just just kind of having it's, a conversation around it is really really important so it thank is you. the worst pain anyone can suffer it's all mm. I can tell you is it was horrific and um I went into a complete black hole it was so hard and every time you wake up in the morning you think it's a nightmare and then you relive it because you realize it's not and it's true. And every time I went out and people would say, how's your little daughter? And I had to relive it and tears would come into my eyes and it took me a long time to to come to terms with it and to feel normal again. It was very hard. I feel sorry for anybody who goes through that and a miscarriage. It's just the worst thing that happened to a woman, I think. 
Mm. Um, an amazing kind of, um, I guess, an amazing thing to come out of it in terms of, you know, channeling. It feels like every time you write a book, you're sort of, you know, channeling Natasha's energy into it maybe and kind of, you know, she's she sort of maybe the driving force behind it. You're getting to do something that you love now so much every single day. You've changed so many people's lives through it. I mean, Georgia and I are complete uh, Annabelle Carmel fiends. Like we've got all of your books. Yeah, basically. absolutely. <laughs> I, I, I said to Annabelle, didn't I, the other day, I said that my son Axel, I had no idea what I should be feeding him. And so I followed your planner to like literally to the week to the day everything I went through it all introducing when you said and it it really helped me it took the whole it took the stress out of weaning and now you know I love cooking for my kids and it's yeah it's one of the things I I enjoy most about parenting so yeah women don't think about cooking when they get married and have a partner but since they have a child they think oh my god I've got to give this child the best quality food so it's the time when they start to think about cooking and how to make things like better quality like I started to steam my vegetables when I had my baby because I realized that you keep the nutrition in them or I roasted them and I really started to think about nutrition more than ever when I had my child because it meant so much to me that they would have good eating habits that would last them the rest of their life I mean my poor husband like he got like lots of soup which was actually extended baby purees with extra stock in them every night while I was writing my baby puree book we've actually got a new version out in June which I'm really excited about which is the 30th anniversary edition of the complete baby toddler meal plan and it's it's amazing it's an amazing book and that book is like my it's like my fifth child to be honest (laughs) (laughs) we're going to get into a Q&A today because loads of people have sent messages in for you um but before we do that is it ever too late to change your child's eating habits for anybody listening that's got a fussy eater in the family um the one that really stands out that (laughs) won't eat the things that are green is it ever too late to change that no it's just never too late there's just so many different ways that you can make just a single food. And I did this like roasted cauliflower recipe and they came down and they looked at it and they ate it. And since then, and then they loved it. And I put it with a vinaigrette and now they just want cauliflower. And the way you cook things, you can make courgette with a spiralizer. It takes literally a few minutes. You can make your own healthy junk food by coating chicken with like crushed cornflakes or crushed rice krispies and then putting them into like a little bit of seasoned flour, egg, and then the and then the coating and baking them in the oven. So it's your own homemade chicken nuggets, which are better quality usually than the ones you buy. There's just so many ways. And then children like more sophisticated foods than you think. My kids love quesadillas and curries and Japanese food. And in my books, I have lots of ways of making all these interesting foods, but without spending a lot of time in the kitchen. And I think people just think, oh, I'm going to make burgers and, you know, cottage pie and chicken nuggets. But actually, there's a whole world of food out there. That's me. That's basically me, Annabelle. I I stand in the kitchen every day and I go, right, there's six meals I've got up my sleeve here. One of them's cottage pie. The other one's chicken nuggets. One revolves around a fish fish finger. And I just think because I, I don't, I find it really, really difficult. I've got three children that eat different things you know my eldest she eats everything so she's fine but then you've got Luna that doesn't eat the red meat so the cottage pies are out she doesn't like spaghetti bolognese because she doesn't like the the bolognese part and then you've got Kit that won't eat any fruit or vegetables at all not at all I mean he ate he actually ate an apple yes like a bite of an apple yesterday and we were like yes you know for the first time in three years um so I find it quite challenging I end up having to make different meals for different children that that's also very time consuming it is, and it, it is incredibly challenging, and I lived through it because all of my children, literally all of them were fussy, but in a way, I'm really happy that they were because I learned the hard way how to get children to eat things, and very often, it's the way you present it. So I made things into very small little balls, but I will pack nutritious things in them. Let's say you've got a veg- vegetarian. You can make veggie balls with like six different veggies. You mush them all up in a food processor. You, you roll them into balls, and then you can cook them in the oven, and then you can put them into a Tupperware box and put it in the freezer and you can take them out and just reheat them so they can pick them up with their fingers and they absolutely love that and my chicken and apple balls that was because which are very famous from the complete meal on the meal planner one of my signature recipes I made those because my son would not touch chicken refused it flatly but he loved apple apple so I put a bit of grated apple in with the minced chicken which was chicken thigh which is twice as much iron as the white so it's good for him a little bit of breadcrumbs uh, some herbs some chopped onion some grated carrot mushed it all up into a bowl into a bowl I put it in the food processor first then rolled it out put it in the oven and suddenly hey presto he loved chicken because I put that little bit of apple in it that tiny bit of sweetness that they like because don't forget like breast milk is sweet 
So they are conditioned to like slightly sweet things. And you wouldn't know there's apple in it, but it just adds that sort of child appeal to it and the size of it. So, you know, it's just like trying different things. I mean, surprisingly, the most popular meal in our entire range of chilled meals for children in supermarkets isn't spaghetti bolognese or cottage pie. It is chicken tikka masala for a one-year-old. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yours love I it, remember, don't you? Yeah, 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 yeah. I was going to say, I, my mum used to buy buy your um, chilled range for, for my son Axel when she used to look after him. And he loved the curry. Like, that was his absolute favourite thing. Um but yeah, I mean, we, me and Zoe always joke about this. Like Zoe doesn't really enjoy cooking. I love cooking. So I do I do make lots of different stuff for the kids. But I can see how it can become really hard because if you've spent ages doing something and then you put it in front of them and they don't want to eat it, it's quite, it's demoralizing. It is demoralizing. So yeah, I mean, we've had so many questions from people. Yeah, let's get into it. Feel this way. Um, this is from Victoria. She said, meal ideas for a three-year-old who was always a great eater, but now suddenly fussy. Yeah, that's quite common. And sometimes it's because you've given them something that you know they like over and over again, and in the end, they don't want it anymore. We overdo it sometimes. Also, it could be because there's too many snacks during the day, so they're not so hungry. So it's a very simple thing, but a hungry child is a less fussy child. So if they do miss a meal once in a while, it can break the pattern of them refusing anything but a few different foods. It's not its not the end of the world. I think so many children never feel hunger because we will give them something that they like, but not necessarily something healthy. So I would like obviously try lots of different things. And I think like quesadillas work very well. I think that, you know, when I talked about the small chicken, apple balls, small meatballs, um, things like satay chicken, if they like peanut butter, you find something they like and put it together with something else. And I would try and eat as a family sometimes because when other people are eating around the table, they're great mimics. And we don't like eating when we're just eating alone. And it's the same with kids. So I think trying to make it into a family thing with a three-year-old would be a really good idea as well. And I mean, I've got 300 recipes in my app and they're all tried and tested on children. And there's just so many different things that you can make that are family meals so that you don't have to feel like, oh, if my child doesn't eat it, the whole thing goes in the bin because you can eat it. And the other thing I do is make mini portions. So let's say you have a cottage pie. I get a small ramekin and I make a mini cottage pie for the baby or the child or the toddler that you can then freeze and make six of them. And then you just take them out, defrost them, and you've got your mini portion. It looks so much more appetizing than a sloppy bit of cottage pie on a plate and they do eat with their eyes and they just say yuck and they haven't even tried it and it's so so difficult oh it's so demoralizing you put it down and then they're moaning about the color plate that you've put down and where's this what oh you've given me the blue um you give me the blue cup i like the pink cup and you're like just yeah. eat the food <laughs> yeah. this is not a michelin star restaurant please just eat it it's really nice or they've, they've taken a visible onion or a tiny bit of green yeah speck. no <laughs> What's this black thing? It's yeah, a bit of dust. I know, it's unbelievable what they can see. Amazing. Um, Lorna yeah. just wrote, I love this woman. So that's nice. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> um, this is from Verity. How can I encourage a two-year-old to eat veg or pasta? She doesn't like the texture. It's so not unusual not to like pasta. It's usually one thing they do love. But um, don't worry about that. Because veg, I think there's so many ways of making veg. I think that roasting veg in the oven really completely changes the taste of it because it caramelizes the natural sugars. So things like sweet potato wedges. I spoke before about steamed cauliflower. My kids hated it. Since I roasted cauliflower in the oven, they liked it. Changing veg into courgette. So instead of having spaghetti, you have these strands of courgette with a tomato sauce. Then they're eating their veggies. Sneaking like lots of veggies into a quesadilla with cheese. Really, that's a real winner. My kids absolutely love that. And sometimes they like raw veggies instead of cooked, so you can put them together with a dip. So something like sour cream and chive, or they like hummus, children like that. So with like maybe new vegetables, like crunchy um, sugar snap peas and ice, or carrots, or unfortunately they like cucumber, which is literally 90% water and nothing in it. So I'm not so keen on cucumber. But That's also making things like... What, <laughs> yes, it is. It's not very good. But making things like a cottage pie with a carrot and potato topping rather than just potato, you're sneaking your vegetables in all the time. Get them to choose like different veggie toppings for pizzas. There's just lots and lots of different ways. So I think it's just trial and error. 
Yeah, getting creative. Someone said to me the other day that, because um, I was doing a Zoom call with my mates on a Saturday afternoon, obviously like aggressively drinking, but also trying to make a spaghetti bolognese at the same time. And my friend Katie said, what are you doing manically chopping everything? And I said, well, what what, what else? Like I can't get the chunk small enough for kit. And she was like, just grate them in. And I was like, yeah. Yeah, you can. Or you can okay, just make yeah. it normal and put the sauce all together, all the veggies, right? Put it into a food processor and then mix it with meat. And that's all disappeared. And what they can't see, they can't pick out. I <laughs> yeah, exactly. I do apple in my bolognese and I put a tiny bit of tomato ketchup in. Makes oh, such a nice flavour. That's interesting. We make amazing, it has about six or seven vegetables in it and a bit of tomato ketchup and apple and it's the best bolognese. I'm going to make it for my whole family. Like they're grown up now, but they still love it. It's, and do you I mean, grate the apple there. in? Do you grate the apple in or chop it? I grated him. Great him. You could chop it and then just whisk it in a food processor. Either way will work. Brilliant. Yeah. We'll be right back after the short break. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. We're here to tell you about the Loose Lips podcast. We, being me, Georgie Porter. And me, Sharon Carpenter. We're all about honesty and not holding back, especially when it comes to what's in the news. Plus, we answer your questions and we give you advice whenever it's asked for. Even when it's not asked for. We're all about what you're really thinking and what you really want to know. You can expect to hear some of this. I have to say, come on, people, we We're getting a little too sensitive here. And also some of this. She is plugging her entire career in that one moment. That's the Lose Lips podcast out every Tuesday and not forgetting Extra Lippy on Fridays. Find it wherever you found this podcast. We'll see you there. So welcome back. Uh, Back to this episode of Made by Mamas. Where were we? Here's here's a question, and I think this this is so true. Like we said, there's so much conflicting advice. So, fussy eater, strict meal time, or let you know if they refuse it, leave them and let them come back to it. What would you say? So, I mean, the whole leaving that and let them come back to it is not a bad idea, and it's really hard for a mother to do that because you're always thinking, oh my gosh, my child's hungry, but that child will then come back and eat something that they probably wouldn't eat at that sitting if you just gave it to them then. So. They kind of remember, oh, mommy didn't go to the larder and bring out every single thing, including a tin of spaghetti hoops. But if you don't want to go that route, which I understand some mothers feel it's a bit harsh, then you could try a few other things. And sometimes with a, like a young child, if you put like a, say, a fuku tray like or a muffin tray onto their high chair on the table and you put different things in it, they can then pick and choose what they want. And it's quite a good way of trying different things for your child. It looks fun and colourful. So, like, try a few different, seven different things in a muffin cup, muffin tray. Fill it up with carrots and little balls of food and just see what your child would like. Then they, they have a choice. So having a choice is quite good for a child. Mm. Yeah, and I guess if they don't want to eat it, 
What can you do? Like I remember sitting there tickling Luna under the under the arm. I mean, this is awful. I've said this before. Remember, George, I used to tickle her under the armpit so she'd laugh, and then I used to put a spoonful of food in her mouth because I was so paranoid about her not getting the right food. I mean, that's an that's awful. I mean, to be fair, I only did it once, and then someone said my mum was like, "Please don't do that again." Um, But you know, you you just want to make sure that your children. It's a desire to make sure that they're getting the right nutrients, and obviously, it's very hard when you're seeing all of these you know, other people around you and their children, you know, you think they eat everything and you're kind of like, well, my child only eats plain pasta with butter or whatever it is. It's quite, it, it can get you down a bit, I think, as a parent. Yeah, definitely. And also, I don't know, like, you know, it's, it's easy to say, oh yeah, let them leave it and come back. But for me, like, I can do that during the day, but when it comes to dinner time, I feel so much more pressure that they go to bed having eaten a good meal. And so it's like, mm, okay, well, if you don't eat your dinner, then you're going to be starving and like wake up in the night and be so yeah, angry. Yeah, of course, at night time. That's what I find hard, yeah. And sometimes like when they see you react, then they do it again and again. And sometimes if you just don't react, you just say, oh, that's fine, don't worry, you're obviously not hungry, you let them come down from the table. They think, well, well it's not really point doing that anymore. There's no point showing that I'm fussy. And they will eat it. So sometimes it's your reaction as well. So kind of you have to take a deep breath and just think, I need to train this child that mealtime can't last for two hours because it's awful for you. And this, as you were saying, he can't like sit there for an hour waiting to eat dinner and then feel like guilty because they haven't eaten it. They need to know that like, this is the time where they need to eat. And if they don't eat within a certain time, you've let them out and they're not going to get any more food. And you know what? That That is, sometimes you have to be a little bit tough to get them to to eat good food, but within a limited time period, because no mother can sit there for an hour cajoling their child. <clears throat> and it's not good for you and it's not good for them either. So I think <clears throat> it is a bit of training them that this is mealtime now. You know, you can't mess about and you can't drop your food over the side of the, the, the table because like after they get to a certain age, it just becomes a battle and you really don't want it to be a battle. You want it to be a pleasure. And, and seeing you eat, eat with them and enjoying the same food can help a lot, I think. Yeah. And also to anyone listening, from my experience, um, you can get quite down on yourself, you know, when your child gets up up there and pushes their plate away and says, you know, Kit last night, that's not good for me. I don't like fish pie. And I was like, I didn't get upset because I thought, actually, if he tries it, he he always says it about fish pie. And the minute he has a mouthful of it, he's like, actually, okay, this is quite delicious. Um, But, you know, normally in the past, I've got quite upset and gone, you know, why don't you like it? And you need to eat it. And then then it's suddenly heightened. And I think if you just go, okay, fine, well, I'm going to leave it there. And if you want to try it, try it. And if not, fine. I'm just so much more relaxed than I used to be. So anybody listening that's going through it, I feel you. (laughs) hard but I think yeah. you do need to try things several times because kids can say they don't like it or they can say they don't like it not even have tried it so you have to present it again maybe live a gap but in a slightly different way maybe looking a bit different and eventually you'd be surprised it's something your child rejected two weeks ago they absolutely love in two weeks time so I wouldn't ever give up on things but also you have to also think I don't like beetroot and no one can get me to like beetroot I will never like it and it's the beetroot chocolate brownie then I might eat it but you know, <laughs> we do have likes and dislikes. So yeah, you know, that's you have true. to also, you know, give them the credit for that and not push things if they really don't don't want it as well. Because you, you don't want to make it an unpleasant experience. Eating should be an, an enormous pleasure. I mean, it's one of the best things in life. Can you imagine life without food? I mean, how boring would that be? Well, life without sex would be the worst one for food. me. But life without food, okay, yeah, <laughs> close second. Me too. Me too. <laughs> Um, Annabelle, egg-free tea time ideas. I'm all out. That's from Neve. So, well, there's loads of recipes that don't contain eggs. And also recipes that do contain eggs, like maybe chicken nuggets, because it's used to bind the coating onto the chicken nugget. You can use chia seeds with a little bit of water. You mix it up, it comes gloopy after five minutes. And then you dip your chicken into that and then into the flour and the coating. So you can make amazing things without having eggs in them that have eggs in the original recipe. It's good to know that. Um, But there are many recipes. I mean, like, you know, Satay chicken doesn't always have to be a coated chicken. Kids love it. Like put peanut butter and peanut butter is really good for kids. It's it's unless they obviously have an allergy, and you know all kinds of veggie things, veggie quesadillas, which I talked about before, which children love. Um, curries. My child loves curries. Energy balls. I make amazing energy balls in my books, and they're made with dates and oats and a little bit of chopped 
pecans, and you mix them all together and you make them into little balls. You keep them in the fridge, and they're power packed little round balls of energy. So they'd be really good for, for, for like tea time. Do, do you have an egg free section in your on your app? Because I'm Kit's allergic to egg as well, so I find that quite challenging. Because sometimes the girls will want scrambled eggs for breakfast or whatever, or dip yeah. eggs, and then I'm I'm that's that's an issue. <laughs> It is, yeah. I have loads of egg-free recipes. Okay, loads, great. Loads, loads, Brilliant. Loads. So, yes. I'll check, we'll check them out. And I have the most amazing egg-free cookies. In fact, they are my favourite cookies. I make them with chocolate chip, and I also make them with cocoa, chocolate chip, and orange. And I never make cookies with eggs now in chocolate chip cookies. They're much better without eggs. It's an amazing recipe. I'm writing a kid's cookbook at the moment, which comes out in September, and I'm putting the recipes in there. Because I think it's a shame that children who can't have eggs can't have good cookies and good cakes, because actually they can be amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, this is a, this is an interesting question. I didn't know this. So um, the NHS says no fried foods for babies, but lots of, you know, like kids cookbooks feature frying. So is it actually okay? I think deep frying I'm not so keen on. But when you saute tomatoes and a bit of butter and oil, you can then absorb the lycopene, which is a very important antioxidant. You cannot get that from a fresh tomato without putting it with a bit of butter. And the interesting thing is that babies need more fat proportionate to their size than adults do. So actually, adding some butter or cheese to a meal for a baby is a good idea because they have very tiny tummies and they need to have what I call nutrient-dense food because their rate of growth is very fast in the first year. So low-calorie and high-fiber, which is what we're told, is completely wrong for babies. What they need is more fat, but the good type of fats, and less fiber because fiber can deplete their body of iron. So no, I, I wouldn't agree with that. I think, you know, roasting vegetables in the oven with a bit of oil on them and sautéing things in a little butter is okay for, for little ones. In fact, it adds nutrients that babies actually need. Wow, so interesting. Didn't know that. Um, is it true that kids who love cheese grow up to be picky eaters? What an interesting question. I've never heard <laughs> never that. Never heard that. <laughs> I've never heard that before. I mean, cheese adds a lot of flavour to things. And it's true that they may not like such bland food after having lots of cheese in their diet. But I think cheese is such a good food. I mean, it contains calcium and so many good nutrients and protein that I wouldn't avoid giving cheese to children. And my children, they, they like cheese, but they love, actually their favorite food is salads. Because I make the most amazing salads with incredible salad dressings. And when they went to school, they used to take bottles of the salad dressing with them to school to pour over their school meal. That's amazing. <laughs> like huge bottles every day. I made this Japanese salad dressing. It's incredible and literally all food. And we still make it every, like every week. And I always have bottles in my fridge. And I think that it's the secret of getting children to eat salads is making these incredible salad dressings. So I make it out of like ginger soy sauce, rice wine vinegar, a bit of tomato puree, celery, um, some onions, a bit of lemon juice. It's incredible. You whiz it all together in a food processor. And I guarantee that anyone will eat salad with this dressing on top of it. Oh, I love salad anyway. Lovely. With loads of, like chicken, the Caesar sauce, I'm like that. I know oh, it's really fattening. The Pizza Express but. dressing is like my favourite dressing. I can put that on top of anything. You know, just the <laughs> Have a good dressing. I love that dressing. There's a recipe on my website, which we literally made every other day in lockdown. We still make it. It's probably our go-to recipe for the family. And it's a tuna, it's a seared tuna salad. And it's got things in it like muli. You know, it's like a white radish. And you just pull it down and you get these strips so it's crunchy. And then I put toasted seeds in it. I put lettuce, tomatoes. Um, I do fried shallots till they're really crispy. And I mix it all together with the seared, seared tuna, which I've marinated. And then I put this Japanese dressing on it. So if you're looking for a good dressing, look for the tuna salad on my website. I mean, we love it. All my children love it. Every time I invite people for dinner, well, I haven't done that for a while, I always make that as a starter. It's always good to have something as a starter that you don't have to fuff around making. It's like ready on the table. It's an amazing recipe. First dinner party, George, me and you. See yeah. you in this gala. Can't I'll be it. making the Japanese dressing, <laughs> won't I? It's very good. Should I aim to have breakfast, lunch and dinner with my eight-month-old? What, with them? No, I yeah. don't. I think that's, that's probably unreasonable. I think one meal a day with them would be good. I mean, if it happens that it's your breakfast time as well, but you want to eat a little bit with them, I think that's a good idea. But sometimes you just want to sit down with your partner at the end of the day and not have the child there. I mean, it really depends. My son was very difficult and he wouldn't sleep or eat. And he usually came to dinner every night. It's the only way uh, until I eventually got him to sleep. But he was, he was like nearly 
well, nearly a year by then. It was just just difficult. So, you, I mean, it depends on the child. But I, I think, you know, whatever suits you. I, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't like feel that you're doing anything wrong by not having every single meal time with them. Yeah. Um, a 14 month old refuses to feed himself and we're stuck on purees. Any advice or tips? Make him a fresh fruit ice lolly. I don't know any child that refuses a fresh fruit ice lolly. And you could like, you just whiz things up. Like I told you this morning, I had watermelon. It was really lovely, sweet watermelon. And if you whiz that up, put it with some strawberries and you put it into a small ice lolly mold. And you've got these ice lolly molds, you can buy them on Amazon, which the toddler can hold. It's really easy. I bet you also it's something cold, so it soothes their gums if they're teething. And it's naturally sweet. And that might be the way to start your child feeding themselves. I would try that, to be honest. Yeah, I think sometimes um, mums and dads can feel like quite scared to give whole foods to like babies. And so you put it off and put it off and put it off. And I know like, you know, I've got friends who've who've had three children and they still feel like, oh, I don't know if I want to give them those whole foods yet. And I think it can it can be hard. And I think it's about, you know, building up the confidence to do that. It's really hard. And I think you need to understand that choking is one thing when they go blue and silent, but gagging is absolutely the most natural reflex. Every child will gag. But sometimes the first time the child gags, the mother gets, oh my God, my child's going to choke. I can't give them solid food. They're not ready. But that is their way of learning to clear their throat. And you just shouldn't interfere. Just let them get on with it. Because if they're going red in the face and they're making a noise, they're just clearing their throat. That's gagging. And let them do that because that's the way that they learn to swallow and chew. And it is kind of a bit scary sometimes, but it's a natural thing. And when you know that every child gags, I think you can relax a bit more and just let them get on with it. Because if you don't let them go through that period, they will not learn to feed themselves. And you need to get them to feed themselves. It's really important. Do, do you believe in um, baby led weaning or, um, you know, pure, purees in the mouth? Like, I think yeah. whatever suits you, you know, some babies are very good at baby led weaning and um, and you can make things into small balls and let them feed themselves from six months. Some babies don't have the hand-to-eye coordination and they're just not going to get enough nutrients. And I think the combination of purees, mashed food, grated food and finger foods, for me, is a safe option. I think but whatever you want to do, whatever works for your child. So if you feel your child by feeding themselves is doing enough, that's great. And I've, I've actually written a whole book on baby-led weaning recipes, which you can eat with the family as well as the baby. It's a fantastic book. I put a lot of effort into it because I just felt with baby-led weaning, you've got to make the food taste really good because... You are relying on your child feeding themselves. You can't just shove it into their mouth. So it's got to taste really good. Joe jo Wicks is very keen on um, on baby led weaning to be done with the sort of hard greens first, you know, the broccoli yeah. and the asparaguses. And w- w- what's your view on that? It's quite confusing. I worry about isn't that. It? Right. Well, I think that sucking is a natural reflex. But when it comes to the swallowing and getting food from the front of the mouth to the back of the mouth, that is not a natural reflex. And babies have to learn to do it. And I worry that with some babies, giving them green vegetables or whole green vegetables, they'll just go off the whole idea of like food at all and just want their milk. It's a difficult enough experience. You've got to be lucky to get a child to eat broccoli like from the very beginning. <laughs> I mean, my children just looked at me like, what are you doing? I'm not eating that. So I think it's okay because I started off with the sweeter root vegetables, which they like because they're naturally sweet. Breast milk is sweet. They like them. They're easy to swallow. Formula milk is, yeah. You can, when you steam them, they're really soft. So all of that works. And they're good. They're they're rich in vitamin A. So I didn't give them broccoli to begin with. And then eventually, I mixed with the sweet potato with broccoli. And then they gave them broccoli florets. And then they ate them. And it was a more gradual approach. And I just felt that that worked for me. But if you think your child's going to be okay with green vegetables and asparagus and broccoli then go for it but I mean I just wouldn't have worked with my children I guess it is you just don't feel disheartened like you can give them broccoli as their first taste if you want to but if they don't eat it don't be surprised like don't I think, make it a rule like yeah don't make, don't make you feel I, don't, I just think there's a lot of pressure on mums like oh you must give green vegetables first well no you don't have to like they will still like the green vegetables you give it to them a few weeks later and they've already learned to swallow and chew a bit and I think they're probably for me, it's a more gentle approach, and that's how I like to feed my children. But I think, you know, everyone has their own opinion. and I don't think there's a right or a wrong way of feeding babies. It's, it's what your baby likes that matters. I mean, I think holding them on your lap when you first give them food is nice because you're, if you're breastfeeding, it's a very emotional experience. So sitting them in a high chair and feeding them like that, 
maybe it's not the right thing to do at the very beginning. So I fed them on my lap to begin with. Or some said just dip my finger into the food and they'd lick it off because they didn't like a spoon. So whatever works for you is like to try different things. Well, I think we've covered most of the questions, to be honest. Um, and hopefully that would be really, really useful to lots of people. I know like I've got loads of ideas. I, I'm definitely going to go away and make some of those balls because I just don't do that. And that's actually a really good idea. They're amazing. And they're so easy. And you can pop them in the freezer and then you've got food whenever you like. I mean, there's loads of my app. If you don't have my app, I'll send you a download code. Oh, yes, please. Loads of recipes for everyone. Yeah, I think I think what's brilliant about you is that you 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 really break it down into kind of simple simple recipes, which are you know like you said, it's interesting, it's different. You kind of cater for the child that wants to pick up and eat their food, like kind of Luna and and Gigi does. Gigi's brilliant, isn't she? With her hand, she picks up everything and eats everything. And then there's some kids that want to eat, you know, a cottage pie and have it all in front of them. So yeah, I think yeah, I think it's not one size fits all, but it's a very it's quite a stressful moment I think weaning and I think you can get yourself really worked up about it so try yeah. not to uh, and, and also, the more you think I must do it this way I must do it this yeah. way it makes you think like I'm a failure if my child didn't like the broccoli and you're not a failure because it just isn't the right thing for your child and I think that there are too many I mean even with breastfeeding I feel like if you can't breastfeed it's almost like you failed before you even started and like some people need glasses to read their eyes don't work as well and same with breastfeeding some it just doesn't work and i yes breastfeeding is probably the best way but your child's not going to suffer if you have formula milk and i think mums just need a lot of support it's such a hard time and i think when you're a woman you don't realize how hard it is the lack of sleep and i just think whatever works for you i mean your, your child you know your child better than anyone else and I think that's it. Like you are the best judge of what's right for them. And same when it comes to food. All I do is I give you lots of advice on how to feed children. I think one thing we didn't touch on, which I think is really important, I just want to touch on now, is that fruit and vegetables are great for children. But if you're weaning at six months, which a lot of people start now at six months rather than earlier, you need to move on to critical nutrients like iron and essential fatty acids. So red meat and oily fish or a vegetarian alternative. Within that six months, within that period, like within a couple of weeks, because the iron they inherit from their mother is run out. And essential fatty acids is a big part of the brain formation. And a lot of people think, oh, I'm just going to do fruit and vegetables for the first month. But now we're weaning later. No, you need to move on very quickly. So I have loads of recipes for iron-rich foods and foods that contain essential fatty acids. And it's a very important part of weaning right now. And yeah. that's where it can go wrong. Okay, brilliant. Thank you. Great, I love that. <laughs> Thank you so much. And Thanks, for anybody Sandra. watching and listening, for anybody watching and listening, Kit ate broccoli for the first time in three <gasps> years. <gasps> a couple of weeks ago, it was like watching some sort of Bush Tucker trial from I'm a Celebrity. <laughs> and he put it in and he started going, <laughs> and I was going, have you swallowed it yet? And he just kept going, and it was still there. Storing it in his yeah. cheeks <laughs> like hamster. But that, that's the win for us. We'll take it. So you will yeah. get there. Exactly. Annabelle, thank you so much. Pleasure. I am literally going to the supermarket with a list of Annabelle Carmel's recipes. And if my children don't eat them after I'm like (laughs) whipping up a storm, looking like the absolute kitchen goddess that I am, I don't know what I'll do. Oh, don't. You know what, though? Her recipes are really, really good. And do you know what I like as well? I think recently particularly we've been kind of told that they should you know kids should just eat green veg and you shouldn't mix the sweet flavors in there Mm. but you know what if Annabelle says it's all right then you know it's all right it's fine (laughs) we can do it she's a queen after all (laughs) (laughs) you know when she was talking about her um quesadillas and she was like my children love quesadillas in my head I was thinking quesadilla now (laughs) what is that exactly because I've just not been brought up with all these sort of fancy foods I don't know what I'm ridiculous but is that is that the quesadilla is basically like a toasty that's what I think of it as like it's literally a wrap they are Axel's favourite now but there is literally a wrap folded over with some cheese in it I do like chicken and peppers in mine but you can pretty much put anything what like a calzone it's a glorified (laughs) sort of but it's a a glorified cheese toasty that's what it is all right okay it's not fancy it sounds fancy stick stick with us guys made by mama's cookbook coming soon (laughs) featuring quesadillas and cheese and ham toasties yes (laughs) 
<laughs> um, um, thank you so much for sending in your questions as well for Annabelle. It's actually really nice to mix up the uh, Friday Q&As and have a guest on. So we're going to be uh, sort of dripping in experts throughout the month. Um, and as always, we would love you to rate, review and subscribe or follow to the podcast. And if you could leave us a little review, that would be amazing. Yeah, please do. And as it's a very special day on Sunday, we have got some messages from you guys. Um, just giving a shout out to some really special mums out there. So we're going to play those now. Um, and we'll be back on Tuesday with another great chat. I'd love to talk about my best friend, Paula Stewart. She's my absolute mumspiration. I had a baby girl seven weeks ago and she's done everything from helping me prep, stay calm, listen to me and assure me my questions aren't crazy. She's made me feel like I can be the mum I want to be. She even recommended this podcast, which has helped me in so many ways. I love her so much and I couldn't be the mum I am without her. She's amazing and I can't wait to see our girls grow up together. My sister Siobhan is a first time mum. She's the best mum to her wee five month old Rosie and um, she's also the best auntie to my little six month old Edith. She showers the girls in love, fun and smiles all the time and I just wanted to wish her a happy Mother's Day. Yeah, you wanted stories about mothers and I know everybody thinks the world of their mum but I genuinely think the world of my mum. My mum is the most inspirational woman in the whole entire world. Like, they, you know, the whole phrase, you know, superheroes, real superheroes don't wear capes. It's completely true. So my mum is, you know, she's nearly, she's nearly 65. She's suffered from an eating disorder since she was 13, 12, 13 years old, and still suffers from it now. She has four grown-up children, and amazingly, none of us have any issues with food. In fact, we've all got very positive relationships with food as a result of how strong she was but this year has finally managed to divorce uh, her her husband so my father and I can't imagine the strength that she must have had to keep drawing upon to keep us that way um she's just amazing we're just so proud of you mum we love you so much we love you so so much and just you're amazing and if any of your granddaughters can turn out even half as badass as you we will have six we will have succeeded like you're amazing mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started <laughs> <laughs> 